Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Kei te whakaronga mai, koe ki tō tātou au horihori ki te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. You're with our changing world on Radio New Zealand National, and now, let's dig some dirt. 2015 is the International Year of Soils, and so I asked Landcare Research Soil Scientist Craig Ross to talk me through the many different types of soil that we have in New Zealand and what it is that soil taxonomists look for when they identify a particular soil sample. Craig describes himself as a professional hole digger and soil sampler, but in this case, rather than having to cut through the soil himself, he takes me to a paddock just outside Palmerston North, where an excavator has already done the earthworks. Well, we're on the, one of the high terraces in the Manawatu, just down the outskirts of Palmerston North City, and the site is actually being developed for housing. It's quite a good site for housing because these soils are, um, as you've, we've experienced walking across here, very wet and puggy during the winter, and they dry out and become like concrete in the summer. So they're soils that aren't very good for cropping. They're good for pastoral agriculture, for grazing, but not for detailed horticultural, intensive horticultural cropping, or, or, or as you can get a few crops on them, but basically you've got to avoid those periods where they're really wet or really dry. So that really limits them. But they're good soils for building houses on. Yeah, and thankfully the construction going on has given us a perfect profile of the it soil they've done the work for us. We're, we're a, 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 a nice cutting here that the, uh, the, the hydraulic excavator has actually made us a, a nice profile which is basically the face of the soil so we can see right down through the soil and see all its, uh, its characteristics and its properties. So is and that typical for this part of the Manawatu or for the Manawatu it's, it's, typical, it's typical of these high terraces but no the Manawatu has got a, um, a whole variety of soils as you imagine it's quite different from what's down on the plains where most of the agriculture is carried out and where currently the bulk of Palmerston North City is so it's quite different from those and we also have the Tararua is not very far away and so they're up in the mountains um, and so there's completely different soils up in the mountainous areas as well. So talk me through this one first, perhaps. What this are we one. seeing? Right, well, this, this soil is actually classified as what we call a pallic soil. Now, pallic soil comes basically as a term meaning it's pale. So in terms of actually the soil, you can see that it's actually got some quite pale grey colours in it, but then there's specks of brown. Orangey almost, orangey, yeah. Almost orangey, yes. Yeah, so it's a sort of brownie-orange colour. Um, now that actually reflects waterlogging and it, the grey areas are basically where the, the soil is saturated for long, long periods of time and fundamentally the iron gets washed out of those areas but the areas where there's a little, a little bit more oxygen in them they remain brown, in fact actually the iron sometimes deposits like rust basically, so the brown bits are, are where there's rust where there's um, iron basically that's uh, oxidised out So iron oxide literally. Iron oxide yeah. and the grey grey parts are, are where it's been washed out um, and we call these, uh, say, pallic soils. They've also got another feature um, down in, here in the subsoil. They're wet at the moment, so actually they're not too bad, but there's a pan in there. It's very hard. Actually, now that I've got off the wet face, you can see it's really hard to dig into. Yeah. It's yeah. what we call a fragile pan, because these soils are very silty and they're very tight. 
and the soil, does, uh, the water doesn't move through the subsoil very fast at all and we have what we call a fragipan down there which is holding up the water and causing this to become a lot of grey areas, a lot of grey areas in the matrix with just spots, spots of the orangey brown. Yeah, so very fine... It's fine texture, it's silty soil, it's actually dust that's been blown out in basically geologic time back when we had ice ages and if things were cold and dry and, and dust got blown up here and deposited on these high terraces from down on the floodplains. So they're very silty soils, they compact easily during their formation and, and form and through wetting and drying cycles uh, they form these very dense subsoils called pragipans. So you were saying before that, you know, obviously the Manawatu has many different soil types, but then would this soil type also occur elsewhere? Because in other parts of New Zealand, the conditions yeah. might have been similar to yeah, deposit yeah, something yes, like it, this. Yes, it does. We have pallet soils, a lot of pallet soils in, around the, the east coast of actually um, both the North Island, lower North Island, and also in the South Island. So around Christchurch, North Canterbury, South Canterbury, we have soils that are somewhat similar to this. Um, they're a bit different because they're, they're still like a wee bit different climates, but they're basically still what we call pallet soils. So the soils developed on this lurcy material, the silty material, very deep, deep soils. You can see there's actually there's a lot more soil than what's on this cutting, so we're well over a metre deep. And the similar soils are found on, the, for example, the Timaru Downlands. What do you actually look for when you're thinking about classifying soils mm-hmm. in different regions? What are the parameters that you're looking for or choosing? Okay, well, I'll take you back to the early days of soil science in New Zealand. And in the early days when soil science was getting started in New Zealand, um, based on particularly a scientist called Dr. Chayef in, in Russia, he developed what's called a genetic classification of soils. And that was sort of followed up a bit by a, a scientist in California called Yenny, Hans Yenny. And they had the soil forming factors, and so they classified the soils according to their soil forming factors. If you think about it, what, what, what actually forms the soil? Well, one thing we've always talked about is what we call the parent material. So this is loose that's been blown up out of the Manawatu River, some soils, and, and also it has rocks behind that because in order to get dust, it was ground down from rocks. So the sort of rocks we have predominantly in New Zealand are grey wacky, but there's all sorts of rocks because, of course, we have volcanic rocks, we have basaltic rocks, we have limestone. Um, so we've got a whole lot of different rocks. So the parent material um, that the soils are derived from is one of the soil-forming factors. We've already spoken about climate. So where you are in terms of climate, that actually um, basically decides what the soil is going to develop into over a long period of time because these soils are thousands and many thousands of years old, some of them. And we also have the biota. Um, so that's the vegetation that grew on this um, when it was being formed, grew on it before Europeans and, and Māori started to change it by their agricultural practices. And of course time is pretty important because up here, these are relatively old soils, um, they're not as old as some around the world because we're a young country. Um, geologically. geologically speaking, yeah. yes, and so so you know Australia, or for example, speaking too. Really, yes, true, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and um, so countries like Australia that have much older landscapes have much much older soils, so they had a long long time to develop. But nevertheless, in New Zealand, we have these soils are, are quite well developed because they're 
tens of thousands of years old. The soils down the floodplains where they're still being developed in some respects because the river is still depositing silt and, and, and sands to actually form soils. So, so there's some, from, some geologically active landscapes yeah, that are so still making soil really. Well New Zealand if you think about it is very geologically active and we've got a, a great variety of landscapes. That's the other thing is what we call topography. So obviously soils and mountains and hills are different from the, these high terraces, they're different from downlands and they're different from what's on the floodplains. And of course we've got the added advantage of having in some respects from the soil science makes it brilliant in this country. Um, we have volcanoes and of course volcanoes spew out ash and, and pumice where we have different soils um, on ash and pumice as, as well as you know, the rocks like basalt and greywacke and mudstone and so, yeah, so that's the soil forming factors. So we used to um, base our soil classification, according on the genetic classification, based on these soil forming factors. But in recent times, and it was kind of led by the US Department of Agriculture in a, in a, a long process that took them quite a long time, actually, um, to develop soil taxonomy. And, and that's based more on, on diagnostic criteria, specific things we can see in the soil and measure. And, and we can put um, objective, rather than subjective, we can put objective criteria on it. Like what? Chemistry? Um, or yes, well, part, some, of it, some of the chemistry, there are some chemical properties that are involved in it, yes. Um, but there's also what we can see and measure. And so some of that's the specifics about the sort type of structure we've got on the soil, the colours we've got on the soil, the depths of topsoil, whether it's peaty or not. So quite specific criteria. So back in the, in the late 1980s, a, a colleague, Dr Alan Hewitt, in the South Island, developed uh, our current uh, classification, which is basically based on, on specific criteria. The genesis of the soils, how these soils formed and, and the soil forming factors behind these soils are still important and are still there, but now we've got specific criteria upon which we can actually classify soils. I'd imagine the technology to measure such characteristics has also changed over time that now we can do more detailed chemistry of the soils. We, we can, can perhaps yes. more do more detailed analysis of grain size and all those sort of That's things. That's correct, yes, yeah, we, we certainly can. We've, we've got the texture as a, as a major um, control of what actually the soil looks like because obviously gravelly soils and sandy soils are quite different from silty soils, are different again from clay soils. And those are just measures, of course, of particle size. So we go from boulders to, to stones to gravels to sands to silt to clay, and they get increasingly finer. If I were to ask you to talk me through New Zealand soils from top to bottom, north to south, mm -hmm. is that possible? It is, except it's not quite as clean as that, because we find, for example, there are recent soils. Now, these are the soils on the, um, near the rivers that are pretty poorly developed. They have a bit of topsoil and not much subsoil development. Um, and we have recent soils right throughout the country, so it's not mutually exclusive. There are soils that actually occur all over the place. But yes, up in the north, the soils up there have been developed under a, a warmer climate, almost subtropical really, and, and so we have what we call oxidic soils up there. What that fundamentally means is they're a bit more strongly weathered than the soils further south. So we have oxidic soils up there. We also have, of course, um, basalt and, and volcanic activity up there. That includes sort of the Auckland area as well. And these soils have very strong sort of granular structure. And, and interestingly enough, we call those granular soils. So we have sort of a lot of clay soils up there, a lot of strongly weathered soils, and soils that are developed from basalt and volcanic, um, old volcanic ash that's very granular in its appearance. They're actually quite good soils. And that's what, I mean, pukakoe is on those soils. 
soils, which is one of the food baskets in New Zealand. So when you say good soils, so you mean fertile Good soils for food production and versatile too. We can do a whole lot of different things on these soils. The other soils I can contrast are going completely to a different part of the country, although they are found elsewhere, is podzoles, which are over the west coast. And they've been developed under a forest for a long period of time, and fundamentally they leach out nutrient-strong rainfall, and they, they have a specific form. They, they leach a lot of um, organic matter and iron down out of the profile and deposit it further down and, and create pans there. Now, podzoles are kind of at the other extreme. They're very poor fertility, and there's not a lot you can do with them. Um, and you, Even if you do, they, we can certainly farm them, we can certainly grow forests on them, but we've got to do quite a bit of fertiliser in and we've got to manipulate those soils, we've got to drain them and do all sorts of things to them basically so that they, they are productive. To make them more fertile. More fertile. So moving down the country um, when we get into the volcanic zone in the middle of the country because we've got ashes and pumices there. In the middle of the North Island. In the middle of the North Island, sorry. Otherwise the mainlanders might not like oh, that. Oh absolutely, in the middle of the North Island. Yeah, middle of North Island um, then we have um, pumice soils which are obvious by their, their name. They're developed on the pumice, which is the, the coarse um, eruptor from coming out of volcanoes. Everybody knows what pumice looks like. But we also have what we call aliphanic soils. Now, aliphanic soils, now that's a strange name, isn't it? That comes from what we were just talking about, aliphane, which is a specific type of clay. So we can measure the quantities of aliphane clays and soils and determine if they reach a certain amount, they become aliphanic soils. And they're also, um, our very good soils are aliphanic soils. They're nicely freely draining. They're nice and friable. They've still got good structure, but they're friable and and they have a lot of uses. We can do a lot of agriculture, a lot of food production on those. Um, so that's aliphanic soils. Um, pumice soils, of course, tend to dry out for a bit, and, and they're also quite silicious, got a lot of silica in them, and they're not quite as fertile. But again, we can farm them and do things with those. They're not too bad. And then, of course, we move further south in the North Island, and we start getting into the, the mudstones and the siltstones and the sandstones, particularly on the eastern hills. And, of course, that's where a lot of erosion occurs, the east coast and down through this region, actually. We, we get big storms, you know, the, the hillsides are falling apart. And that's mainly because the water can infiltrate down the soils and it hits this relatively impermeable mudstone or, or sandstone underneath, liquidates right on that interface and creates a slip plane. And, of course, it's sitting on the side of a hill, so it all slides off. Down. Again, we've got, we tend to have these pallic soils. We also have brown soils. Um, they're found throughout the country and that's a good descriptive term because they're brown. A lot of the brown soils occur on mountainous and, and hilly land so that restricts what we can do with them too but they're quite good soils but it's just they're in the wrong place I guess you could say. Down into the South Island um, we, we have the similar sorts of soils there actually. Um, the the pallic soils occur down there, the recent soils occur down there, the brown soils occur down there. There's probably more podzoles down there than in the North Island because we've got all that wet west coast um, the whole area down through there and podzoles occur in the mountains as well but we do actually have one order of soils down there which is pretty much unique to the uh, South Island and that's in central Otago which is our driest part of the country and we call those funnily enough semi-arid soils (laughs) You are Um, an original bunch really We are absolutely we like to make things simple (laughs) the semi-arid soils are are around central Otago around around Alexandra and, and the Minnetoto Basin and things. Would you think of New Zealand as a soil diverse 
Absolutely. compared to other parts of the it's world? It's very diverse. In terms of the size of the country, I studied in America and you, know, you can drive for hundreds, if not thousands of kilometres and basically the sea is the same thing. Here you can drive a kilometre and you've got something completely different. Um, yes, yeah, it's very diverse. It's a great place actually for soil scientists to work in because it is very diverse and that comes down to we've got a very diverse topography, we've got a very diverse climate, we've got very diverse geology and so you know this all reflects in the soil and of course you know the vegetation too has actually been quite diverse you know we had the originally the tussock grasslands in Canterbury for example and then you go further inland and you get into the mountains and you have beech forests and and you get wetter things and you, you have podocarp forests so that was all what the soil condition what the soil actually developed into. Soil is not just in New Zealand where you know obviously agriculture is important but soil is the life-giving aspect of landscape so without soil we couldn't grow anything produce anything well we could we could do it by hydroponics um and we could do it i guess in the sea for example we could we could do aquaculture and but it's incredibly intensive inputs very high use of electricity nutrients there's a cost to doing that and fundamentally you know it's it's so much cheaper and easier to, to grow our food on the best soils we also should learn from history too. It's one thing that the, the soil scientists in New Zealand are, we've been trying for many, many years to, um, as much as possible, avoid encroachment of our rural uh, urban lambs onto the best soils on, on, on the surrounds around our, our cities and towns. I mean, obviously we built our cities and towns in the best place for agriculture because that's where they could grow their food. That's where people started out. Yeah, but the great irony of that is the more and more we expand onto these best soils, the more and more we push it onto soils which are harder to grow or less versatile. We can't grow as many things on these soils and we have to put more and more inputs into them. And so, um, you know, we've been trying to get councils to try and conserve um, the best soils. I mean, Pukekohe is a classic case in point. It's under a lot of threat for Auckland City moving south. Our best, basically, horticultural production, our best vegetable production part of the country. They get two or three crops a year there, um, pushing it out of that region from building houses. There's nowhere else in New Zealand where you can do that. Do you have a percentage, if I were to ask you, you how much of New Zealand soil is in that category of very fertile, very versatile, where you can grow pretty much whatever you want? Is there a percentage to it? Yes, I can tell you exactly what that is. It's around about 5%. That's not much, is it? That's not much. So it's really quite a small area of the country when you think about it. That was Landcare Research Soil Scientist Craig Ross. And we'll be back with some more soil science in a fortnight. That's all for now. For more, check us out on the web, radionz.co.nz forward slash Our Changing World. Matewa.